Hi everyone, welcome to the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Ray, and I'm so delighted to this week have with us our guest, Shereen Oberg, who is the author and creator of The Law of Positivism. Welcome, Shereen. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me today. So it's such a pleasure. To you. <laughs> yes, it's such a pleasure. And um, I've been practicing how to say the law of positivism because I found that when I was talking to my husband, I said um, that you were the creator of it. And I totally couldn't say the word positivism. I was tripping over myself. <laughs> Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, I wanted to just introduce you to everybody. If you could explain a little bit about what you do and who you are. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Shireen. I'm based in Sweden and uh, I'm the creator of the Law of Positivism, which is a community on Instagram and also the podcast with the same name. And my newest, my new book that is coming out next week on the 22nd of June, uh, The Law of Positivism as well. So um, besides all of these digital things that I'm doing and, and authoring this book, I'm also uh, soon to be a Chinese medicine and acupuncture practitioner and been also uh, studying Western medicine, and I'm planning this fall to study global health, um, well-being, and rights. So I've been diversely working with healing on different layers of our being, but I work spiritually with healing as well. Which, yeah, I got uh, the first healing actually in Dublin. Uh, many years ago, which led me into Reiki healing and um, yeah, other types of spiritual work as well. So I would say that I work with healing on different levels and um, I'm a yoga teacher as well. I was going to say you're also a yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been yeah. teaching for four years and practicing since my time in Dublin as well. So a lot of things happened uh, when I was living in Ireland, actually. So tell us a little bit about that. So you came to Ireland and you were working in a corporate role. And what happened? How did uh, things unveil for you? Yeah, so I mean, I've been, I had been studying uh, business and IT uh, for many years in Sweden. And at the same time, I had a deep interest into the spiritual since I was a teenager and it was a natural part of my life. Uh, so I, in my early 20s, I got into astrology and all of this. And when I got the job in uh, Dublin uh, at this big corporation, I uh, thought it was like the dream thing, like my biggest dream coming true. So I decided quickly to move and I think it was there that all of the bigger initiations started for me. Ireland is very magical and can be also seen as the heart chakra of the world and it's green and it's, it's so mystical. And I was living in Dublin, which is a big city, but it's still very calm and, and um, close to nature and all of that. And uh, 
uh, one of the first things that I that I attended in in Dublin was uh, Diwali festival, which is a Hindu festival, which was really lovely. And one of the things I saw at the festival was Reiki healing, and I also had um, a woman read my uh, tarot cards, uh, and she a lot of the things she said then uh, was really has unfolded. Um, I was, I think I was 25 or 26 at that time. And uh, it really started also, it initiated me into deeper work into myself. So what happened when I moved was some form of disattachment happened for me when it came to who I thought I was and wanted to be and all the old layers of myself. it, it was a very stressful job. So I was constantly in my head. Uh, my body was like disattached from my head. So I, I didn't really um, have an attachment to my physical. I didn't feel embodied. I was very much in my head. And at the same time, I was uh, starting to cleanse physically my body with foods and all of these things that I had just learned about. So it was a lot of things in a short time period that happened that uh, like intense meditations, I started practicing yoga thereafter, and a lot of healing work started because I think the first year I was like leading into my deepest places. And the second year I started to wake up, I felt like I felt like I had been sleeping for my whole life. And then I woke up and it was a very intense journey. It wasn't like a blissful journey at all. It was really intense and dark and deep. Um, And then I had, so I decided that uh, definitely like the meditation practice was so important. Uh, Yoga became important for me to just feel embodied again and then to start nourishing myself and I did like <clears throat> past life regressions. And one day I suddenly woke up and I said, I want a Reiki healing, but I didn't know what it was. So I met a woman, an Irish woman. And she, after that session, I felt really so different. And a couple of weeks after that, I was going to Japan and I didn't know that Reiki was from Japan, but I had a book on the flight uh, on uh, on my way there. And then I understood that it's a, a, it was a Japanese monk who founded this from ancient lineages and traditions that he had been studying. So I met with my Reiki master there. It was really divinely guided that we met and I got initiated there into it. So I think that uh, my stay in Ireland was really important because also from there I started working with like my mind, my body, my emotions, my energy body, and also my spiritual self, like um, on an astral plane. It was a lot of things happening, a lot of experiences, a lot of um, experiences beyond the senses happened there. And uh, I created the law of positivism there. It was very guided as well. It was back, I mean, it was seven years ago. So Instagram wasn't as it is today, it was quite, well, it was quite new for me. It wasn't that much 
content about these kind of things. And it, the name was also Divine Baguette. It was just that I wanted to do something positive for the world, to share something that could help others from what I had learned. And I think Louise Hay was also important back then for healing because she had so many beautiful guided meditations and affirmations that I benefited from. I started working with that on a daily basis every morning. So that's how that was created. And then everything has unfolded since then. <laughs> so it's been quite a journey. It sounds like you were almost purging um, when you started out. It was like an intense kind of, um, would that be right to say, like purging of the shadow would that be right yeah exactly definitely and that sounds like something that I mean it's difficult on this spiritual journey anyway when you unfold um on the path but it sounds like your unfolding was quite quick in that it all started to just happen and I'd say that was tough for you it must have been you it must have been a shock to the system yeah I had definitely uh, experiences where I felt like things were happening very quickly and uh, this uh, one meditation that I did where I completely uh, disappeared from this world really like activated my whole spine but really really uh, in a harsh way so it was like uh, yeah being pushed I think it was sometimes things can happen gradually but uh, when we start working intensely because during that time I started also to become more isolated more like a hermit I was working but in my social life I wanted to I was feeling I was becoming more and more introvert as well so I was in that process a lot it wasn't like I had planned for it or I wanted to to reach something it just happened and um so we can enter these places in time periods where we're doing it intensely. And then maybe we come back to the physical uh, existence and try to integrate that. And But it's also nice to do it in a flow to be constantly working little by little with it. But our mm-hmm. paths unfold in many different ways. And for me, it was, I think the initiation started before that because I started having experiences before my time in Dublin it was like short um, uh, signals that something was gonna happen and in a in this time period my whole uh, view of life and the things I was attached to changed and I felt like I, I became more and more aligned but then also I would say the past three years has also been a kind of again so it's not like it it doesn't end I feel like so I dive deep into that shadow and then integrating that for a couple of years and then the past three years has also been a a deep dive into doing that and now I feel like okay now I've integrated that what I've learned from that experience and it it comes like everything go comes in in cycles Mm. And I think as well, the beauty of it is, well, for me, I believe everything happens in divine timing. And when we experience that ourselves, then 
we can identify with others who are going through the same and help them on their path. And it always, for me, it's always helped to work with a mentor or a teacher or somebody who's a little bit further ahead, who has walked that path and who knows the way and knows what you're going through. And it's not to say that it's all difficult. Um, there are beautiful aspects to it as well. Um, but when you are in the that state of maybe purging or um, allowing the shadow to be released, then sometimes we don't realize what is actually happening. And I think that part is where we try to kind of hold on and stay the same without um, knowing what is happening. Um, so for me, I, you were saying about Reiki, it was the same when I um, started, when, when I had my first Reiki session, um, that just opened up so many doors for me and um, so much started unfolding. And that led me down the path of, I was working with the angels um, and I know, and yeah, and guides. And I find they all assist. We have these human um you know healers and guides and light workers who help us but we also have um our guides uh, in the ethereal realms and um they help so much as well that we don't even realize um so if somebody is working through unveiling the layers and they're getting to um you were calling it their unique essence um what how do you recommend like what's the best way to do that mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And um, I think that all of us have different pathways to uh, to the same thing. And we carry so much different experiences from this life and other lifetimes. Sometimes we go through these, these uh, shifts and transformations to remember something. So it can be like certain things just come to us easily. We have we have a feeling that we've done this thing before so it's about unlocking but what I've really started with because uh, as in my book I describe that sometimes it's easier for people because we are so used to our senses and this physical um uh this physical presence and beingness and the illusion of that we're so attached to our body and our mind because they're so um they're so concrete not abstract and very tangible so for me it started with working with the physical body when it comes to um how I was eating and how I was uh, caring for my body, but also the mind, because we're listening to this inner voice that we identify with, but it's, it's the voice of tra that's translating everything that we've gotten from the physical world. And we're not it because we're, we're only that which can't be observed and the thoughts can be observed. So we're not that according to yogic philosophy. So really starting to work on the physical, mental, and then going into the emotional, which emotions can also be extremely tangible and physical, uh, but then the energetic body, which uh, we do th also through these previous steps, because the energetic body is, 
is uh, like revolved also around our physical, but also a little bit more subtle and the astral body more subtle with dreams and, and all of these aspects. And like you said, also for me, when I got my first healing, the woman was invoking angels and that was my first encounters. And that's when I started working with that. So we started working with that and, and then we start working with the spiritual. So sometimes the spiritual can come first and then we start, maybe we have spiritual experiences. I also had that as a teenager and then they evolve, but we can see, we can like, when we slow down, we can see what, what is it that we need the most right now. And that can change from day to day or week to week, but it really has to be, feel completely aligned. Whatever you're doing has to be aligned with what you feel like you need. That means that you have to tune into yourself more and not just ignore what's happening or what you're feeling or thinking or experiencing. Um, so this takes um, time and, and, it, and at the same time, it's like starting to dedicate your time and energy to yourself and devote yourself to your path. And some of us feel naturally that we want to dedicate our lives to something uh, that is in higher service and just like and dedicating your life to being in spiritual devotion, for example, in bhakti, that that come that that it doesn't mean that that path is right for everyone. It's just what you, you're called to. That's why I love the different yogic paths. You can take the path of. So what what we learn now in my latest training, it's that some people are more intellectual and love to love to. Uh, develop their spirituality and their healing through knowledge which is you can read the script old scriptures or anything that develops your soul um the the devotional work and the worship is is a different aspect of that and uh, it comes from the heart more than the mind um and I think all beings do benefit and develop from unconditional selfless service as well. So there's so many ways, but you have to start with yourself and, and from there evolve everything else that, that you're doing in your life. Absolutely. And I do think that process evolves as well as we evolve, because you may start out reading and gaining knowledge and I know I certainly was you know pouring through books and taking courses um but then for me the actual experience of being in awareness and you know connecting with that essence that you talk about it's having that experience of it because we can talk about it forever but until you actually sit and are with your beingness you can't describe or explain or, you know, I think the, the knowledge opens the door and that door then leads to experience of it. Would you mm. agree with that? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like it, when we read and, and learn on that level, we challenge our mind to think differently. And that that is an important aspect. So then we can start integrating it. It can unlock something through 
our mind, which is a different layer of ourselves. And the mind is a tool. So if we use it as a tool and direct the focus into learning these new aspects, I think that has been a, a really important part of my path and reading and taking in and learning from others and understanding and discussing and contemplating because I think I'm also, I have some Gemini energy. So the, the communication, writing, reading is really strong. And at the same time, I have the emotional uh, parts that is important as well, how things feel and mm -hmm. really choosing from your heart. I think when I started choosing um, what I realized when I, when I moved to Dublin, I didn't choose from the heart space. I chose from the mind. Um, so that was an important lesson to listen how things feel and really be comfortable with, with everything that comes up. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because we're so used to, especially in the school system, we're taught to use our minds, we're taught to um, analyze and work things out and we become accustomed to living that way and then suddenly we realize oh I've forgotten my heart center I've forgotten to tune in and it can be like a relearning process where we're dropping into our heart and yes the mind serves a purpose and it can help us in many ways as well but ultimately the heart is always going to lead us um truly and it will always be a beacon of light and point us in the right direction. Um, so it's really beautiful when we can start listening to that and following our heart guidance as well. Mm, yeah. So I know that you tune into your guides and uh, channel information and you're working um, strongly with the goddess energy as well. Um, are there certain angels that you work with or is there certain you know, guides that you turn to? And I know that can change as well over time. Um, is there someone that you would have an affinity with? Yeah, such a beautiful question um, because when I truly, I didn't know what um, angels were until I experienced them. And I think we all have different experiences. I had heard stories about them as a child and my, like in my upbringing. So it was like a natural thing too. But uh, what I really felt and the time when I was in Dublin and, and it was like this um, with the angels, a really loving sense of being comforted and being surrounded by this love, which could make me laugh in a hard situation. <laughs> it was like really joyful and light, I feel like. Um, the, the ones that I regularly uh, work with when it comes to the angels are definitely Archangel Michael with clearing protection and all of this I do that in most of my work and in clearing spaces and everything so that that feels natural for me and also Archangel Raphael because of the healing uh, aspects uh, calling upon this energy to help me in my healing work and for others to heal and places to heal uh, and also Archangel Gabriel as well for uh, sometimes when I'm 
drawing cards, readings, I ask for messages, and they're very extremely present in my healing work when I'm giving Reiki, distance Reiki because I, it's so uh, powerful to call upon them into the, the receiver's space because it's really easy to visualize them there to, to help out and be extremely present since my physical body can't be there. It can be there in an energetic sense, but they can be there also. Um, and, and those three, I think I'm working with the most when it comes to the angels. Uh, the goddess has been present in, in different forms since, yeah, four years back as I, in a, uh, in a shamanic journey, met with the goddess, which now I'm learning so much from and I feel deep devotion to, which is uh, in ancient Sumeria, she was called Inanna and later on also Ishtar. Uh, which uh, really strongly appeared to me in, a, in visions. And I had never learned about it, but I later learned who she was uh, by yeah, researching the name I heard. And uh, it turns out that it's really connected to where I'm physically descended from uh, the, these ancient places in Mesopotamia and Sumeria. So that has led me to... And the messages that came through back then really has unfolded exactly as she said. And the divine feminine uh, has really been present in that. So I definitely work with the mother, uh, which can has so many different aspects and uh, the goddess have so many faces and it's appeared to me in, in the shape of, uh, in a journey also, as Mary Magdalene, but not only her, it was the trinity of her uh, mother Mary, which I also work with a lot. And, and Jesus was an aspect of that trinity. So that has been extremely present and is really important for me right now, actually. The past month has been intense in that a lot of dreams and signs and the serpent has been really present in that. So it's really interesting to learn. I'm just open to, <laughs> to receive and learn about that. And I think that, um, like you said, it depends wh where we are on our journey, at what time things come up. Maybe they come up a little bit at a point of time. And when they come back strongly, that's when you really need to listen to that. Because I think that life shows us when we're on the right path, when it's more ease, when you're constantly feeling like you're going against a wall or, or like something is holding you back, then you're not really walking the path that you, you're supposed to be on. So that has been strong. And, and then from the spirit world, it's been my grandmother from my paternal line, uh, so there's different, uh, <laughs> you see, it's not just, it depends on, on what I'm doing and it all is one in the end. In yogic philosophy, we say that these are, uh, when we worship or devote ourselves to a deity, it's the Ishvara, like the, the, what the mind can make up from the highest consciousness that is so abstract, we can't even 
visualize it or understand it completely. We can only experience it. But these are really tools to uh, let our heart flow into that and devote ourselves to it. So mm-hmm. I really honor and uh, uh, feel gratitude to connect with these different types of energies. And we all can connect with different uh, forms and shapes and whatever we want to uh, devote ourselves to or ask in, call in, invoke to help us. That's really so individual. And it's beautiful that it, it is individual, that it's not just one thing. That's so true. And when you're connecting, um, you mentioned through dreams, uh, through your healing practice, um, does it come through in everyday situations or would it be more so through um, you know, your meditation or healing or dreams or as you're out walking in nature, would you find them coming in? Yeah, it's really, um, it's really in all the ways that you said, it's, um it's constantly present in my conscious and subconscious so it's like let's say that you've been wearing uh, sunglasses your whole life and then when you take them off you see all the colors and everything um it's hard to just take on the sunglasses of course you do that sometimes because but you start seeing it in everything in everyone so it becomes a, as integrated as everything else that we see in the physical, with the physical senses. It becomes so clear and a part of our huge part of our lives. So it's natural. But of course, when we uh, start, the, the times when I've disconnected completely from it and not felt connected at all are times when I've been completely attached to my physical life and experience and my physical body. But those times have been important for me to remind myself to come back. And then it's been an even deeper and stronger connection because life, we can't control our physical life, how it unfolds, but there's a constant uh, relationship that we have with the divine that is always there, no matter how life turns out maybe it becomes uh, invisible for a while and then it comes back but i've i've felt like the um with the uh, the places that i'm at uh, can also be very um like if you if you're living in a place like a city or a home or in a job that is not completely like resonating with you or that really isn't the right place for you to be I think sometimes uh, at least uh, the spirit world comes very strongly for me then to let me know that I need to shift so up until the shift it's very intense and then it it releases so mm-hmm. <laughs> I really listen to that as well yeah they start shouting at you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly. and that's so beautiful I love that kind of analogy that it's well it's not an analogy it's the truth that it's always present and it's it reminds me I say to my sons that you know we're swimming in love and 
I would say to them that it's like a fish swimming in water. A fish doesn't necessarily know that it's in water. It's surrounded by water, but it's just normal to the fish. It doesn't realize that it's in this substance. And it's the same for all of us. We don't realize that we're swimming in this ocean of love and we can forget that. And um, it's always there for us. And it's when we take our focus away from it that it can seem that we're removed from it. Um, but it's always there. Um, and also uh, you were talking about how um, their present just becomes this natural thing. And it reminds me that for everyone, those angels, those guides, um, they're always present for all of us. And just because we're not tuned into it, doesn't mean that they're not there. Often people will come to me and say, well, why can't I hear my angels or why can't I sense them or, you know, and it's not that they're not there or they're, they're not helping us. Um, it's maybe that we're just not tuned in. Mm, exactly. So, yeah. No, Did how you... beautiful that you're teaching uh, your children, your uh, sons uh, to, to have that consciousness open because it's so valuable to have that early in life and to raise this new generation in this way. Yeah, I think it's important for them to have that awareness. And mm -hmm. I know um, I'd always say to them to call on the angels and um, whenever they need help. And my older son would say to me, sometimes he'd come home from school and he'd have been talking to his angels or calling on them. And um, yeah, I think, and I know people have said to me, if they knew how to do it when they were children, that it would have made such a difference. So I do think it's important to have that awareness that they're there for us. Yeah. Um, so just going back to the law of positivism, um, I know that when I first came across you, it was probably a good few years ago. I can't remember exactly when, um, but there was something about the messages that just resonated. And I felt that vibration behind them, the energy behind them. And I think at that stage, I don't know if you had any pictures of yourself on your Instagram page. I think it was more so the messages that were the focus. Um, so I didn't know who was behind it, but I just felt that energy behind the messages. And I think that's why it was so popular because you had that vibration that you were putting out there. It wasn't the messages even themselves. It was the vibration behind it that was coming through. Mm, thank you. Yeah, for many years, I I didn't put my name or in I'm, I'm, I've always been a little bit introverted when it comes to that, even now with video and all of that. Um, so you're definitely right. What I'm, what I was writing was, so, you know, you know how it is when you write something, but you can't remember what you wrote and why and how and all of that. So that's uh, channeling and also uh, channeling like things that I was learning, uh, which was I thought was like, why didn't I know this a long time ago? And how come people don't know this? And those things started even earlier, actually, many years before that. And when I discovered quantum physics and all of these amazing things that we haven't learned or that we don't see in, in media at all. So for me, it was just the messages. And if I could like uplift one person that they would be amazing. I didn't have any intention with 
for me, uh, the work with uh, sharing has been completely 100% uh, selfless uh, and karma yoga for me. So, and then it's led to things that are beautiful, but the, my main intention, like my very first intention was that I just want to put out because words are vibrations and frequency and intentions are so powerful. So even if no one would read it, it's still um, making an impact. It's making an impact in me. I When you decide to become a channel, it's really like the universe gives you so much from that. When you decide to not uh, do things that only benefit you. So for me, it was just a natural thing. It was so liberating. You know how people paint or sing or create art. For me, it was writing. So it's uh, it's been a blessing to myself as well to do this. And then to connect with you and everyone, that's like, it wouldn't have been possible. So the people I've connected with have been so important in my journey. All of them, like everyone has been so uh supportive and and uh, if I could help out in that way it would it was like my only dream and wish for it so since I wasn't doing it I, I think it's uh, like when I started my journey I was I wasn't doing it definitely not as a, a career or job or business it's 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 still not actually <laughs> it's not what I do to to um it's just that I do it from my heart and uh, as a spiritual service and I think that's the natural way how it's been throughout times and then we have to evaluate also uh, the energy that we put in and uh in my work as a yoga teacher of course then it's it's a mix of doing what I love and teaching what I love and mixing it as a as a work but it's still the basis and the intention is the same so yeah yeah it's really beautiful and I think that when you can mix and combine that doing what you love helping others and also being your career it really is such a beautiful mix and it comes through that your energy is um, 100% behind what you're doing. And yeah, I think it's just so beautiful to um, be able to do that as well. Um, so along the way, the seed of your book was obviously planted at some stage. Um, when you started writing, did you even know it was a book or was it? how did it evolve for you? Yeah, so... Uh, there was a clear intention that it should be uh, a book because I was uh, connected with the publisher, which was, had supported me so much on my journey, Hay House, with their content and their cards and everything. And then um, I started contemplating what people were connecting with me about and asking me questions, you know, because I get so many messages on Instagram and and um, the questions I got was really, I could see themes in the questions of all of these people that were connecting with me. So from that, so I could share, of course, on Instagram, uh, some layers of that. But then I thought I have to go deeper because this is, 
like the, the platform is not enough to go that deeply to share all of the exercises, all of the meditations, all of the inner practice, the outer practices, and understanding the fullness of what we are. So the book unfolded naturally from uh, like my healing path and what I've done in my life and what I've seen has helped others and what I've heard questions about and all of that put into one. So it evolved quite naturally at this time because uh, there was a cycle that was completed this past year for me. So this, this book was birthed from that long years and years of cycle. Um, so yeah, that's how I wrote and I don't know how I wrote it and what <laughs> I need to read it myself. Cause I, I would say that it's uh, a lot of channeled work, although it's a lot of information and like logical things as well, but the flow of it together with, with uh, my editor and the, the support of my publisher really helped me to uh, make it more, taking all of this into a structured form which which can be hard to do, especially when you're working so much from the heart and the energetic state. And that's why it can be hard to like physically manifest things from that space because you're so up in, in that other element. So yeah, that's how it evolved. Yeah, it's like bringing it down and grounding it into the physical um, reality. Um, so the book is called The Law of Positivism, a life or live a life of higher vibrations, love and gratitude. Yeah. Um, where oh, we have a copy. I love the cover. It yeah, is gorgeous. Cover, it's actually this cover is made by Amanda Lynn Hales, who's also done my art for the podcast. And I want to say that this art is um, she makes this beautiful collages that reflect your inner soul and on the etheric plane I think and she made this uh, a couple of years ago for me but I'm actually in the in the art in the image uh, and she really uh, channeled these beautiful symbol symbols so it's like I felt like it was me but on a different in a different world which sometimes I'm in that world so it's really yeah I'm really grateful for this uh, even the cover is is from that space you know so that. beautiful and um, where can I know um it's out on the 22nd where can people pre-order it or order it by the time this comes out yeah so uh, now it's a couple of days away pre-ordering it is available on major platforms like Amazon and a book depositor it's all on my website at lovepositivism.com so many different uh, online stores have it available and it's shipped throughout the world and uh, also local shops I saw that the Swedish uh, shops have it now like online shops uh, bookstores so yeah it's available and I don't know when this episode will come out but uh, up until the release date I'm, I've been doing oracle card readings for everyone who's been pre-ordering the book so it's been beautiful to connect with people who's 
supported my work in this way and uh, to give back also with these personal readings. Brilliant. And I wish you so much luck with it. Before uh, We'll put a link in the show notes so people can um, go to your website and get their copy. Um, before we go, um, you have all these different practices that you do. And I know that you're um, doing your uh, Chinese medicine um, training and Reiki and yoga. Is there any one practice that you go to above all else that you do have to do every single day or is it a combination or whatever you feel like on the day mm. yeah uh, like uh, I think the most like present practices that I do on a daily basis is to connect with my breath and my physical body so it comes from the yoga that like when I wake up or throughout the day I need to have some type of embodied practice, like coming back to the body, you know, during the night we're in the astral plane and also the highest in deep sleep, our highest state. So coming back to the body, either through movement, being in nature or stretching or, and also connecting with the breath. For me, that's really important. Uh, and then also what I eat and consume is really important uh, for my energetic uh, state. So I think we can't forget that part because it's still a vehicle for our soul. So it really helps us on this spiritual energetic journey as well. That's so true. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you and I wish you so much luck with the book. I know it's going to help so many people and it's going to help others to discover their true essence and to open up in new ways. So best of luck with it and thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been really insightful. And thank you so much for holding this space. I'm so grateful to have connected with you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. See you then.